Thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Steve Owings. If you would like to find out more information about this podcast or other resources, go to ctfboulder.com. I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what's going on. And uh, today I even wanted to talk a little bit about uh, how exciting it is what God's doing right now in the world. Because everybody looks at it and everybody has a complaint, but we need to look at really what God is doing today in the world. Because it really doesn't matter. It's all literally a perspective of what we see and what's going on. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it says, We are not like Moses, who used a veil to hide the glory, to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened. For even to this day, that same veil comes over the minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for, only, for it is only eliminated when one joins to the Messiah. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blindness comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, his veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I am referring to is the Holy Spirit, and whatever and wherever he is lord there is freedom we can draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the lord jesus and we are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory onto another this is the glorious transfiguration that comes from the Lord, who is spirit. And so, we need to understand that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I mean, that's what it's saying, is that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is total and complete freedom. And so we we get caught up sometimes in what's going on. We get caught up sometimes in in where we're at, and we can think that we're in bondage. But we're really not in bondage because God is bringing us freedom. And we can choose to focus on the bondage that's a perceived bondage from the world, or we can choose to focus on the actual freedom that comes in Christ. And you know what? It literally is which one we accept. It's 100%, whichever one we accept. The question is, with everything going on in the world today, who are we trusting? Are we trusting the government? Are we trusting the world organizations? Are we trusting, you know, our local mayors? Are we trusting the police department? Who, Who in reality are we trusting? Are we trusting CNN? Are we trusting Fox? Are we trusting what people say on YouTube or on Facebook? 
I really think that everybody needs to open up their eyes and realize what's really going on. We need, to, we need to just take a step back and look at what's going on. Do you realize that from the very beginning, from, from the garden itself, the enemies come to sidetrack people. Right there in the garden, the enemy came, showed up to Adam and Eve. It wasn't just Eve. Showed up to Adam and Eve and started speaking to them. And what did he do? He just spoke the scripture with a different inflection of his voice. And they jumped on board and went a whole other direction to what it really said. And when you read it in the original Hebrew there, he doesn't change the words of what the Lord said, but in his inflection, she goes off and says a lot more, and then he just agrees with her. You know, it is as you say. We need to open up our eyes. Do you realize that in three short months, it happened, I really believe, a lot like the plagues that happened in Egypt. The enemy wants to speak to people and reign in all this fear and all these things, but you know what? He just takes things that are being said and he just has to whisper something or in that inflection of what he tells us, then we run with it in all these different directions and we give him credit for it. And in reality, all he has to do is say a truth to us and then we run with it and we make it truth. The perverted truth. I want to remind you that God is taking what the enemy meant for evil and he's using it for good. Just like with the plagues. If you think about when Moses went before Pharaoh, Moses throws down the staff and it turns into a snake. And then the magicians throw down their staff and they make more snakes that eats his staff. But God immediately turns it around. Everything they wanted to wish on the Egyptians, God turns it around. He says, as you say, <laughs> you know, if you want to kill all the firstborn, let me show you something. As you said, that's what's going to happen. I really believe that, that God has taken away everything uh, by the enemy's voice, he takes away all those things that we do. When you really look at today's atmosphere, how many people worship athletes? The statistics, what's going on? This team, that team, the other team, who you're betting on, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's so sad now that people are so addicted to betting on sports since there's no sports People that just are addicted to betting now on statistics are betting on golf, and they don't know anything about golf. They're betting on NASCAR, and they've never watched a NASCAR race before in their life. But it's a couple of the only sports going right now, and so if you want to be a sports fanatic, all of a sudden all these people are getting into NASCAR and getting into golf like never before. See, people want to worship athletes, and I, and I just, I, I just kind of love what God has done. Well, if 
if that's what you want to do and you're believing the lie, what we're going to do is we're going to shut down all the stadiums. We're going to take this lie to a whole other level. We're going to shut down the stadiums. We're going to shut down the arena. We're going to shut down the ice rinks. We're going to shut down all that stuff all the way down to the children aren't going to be able to play Little League. In fact, we're not even going to have parks open. You know what? It's changed the perspective of people's lives. People I know that were so into sports, either themselves or their children or all above, that was their whole entire life. Some of them today don't know what in the heck to do because it's all gone. And everything they were focused on is completely wiped out. People are finding that they have a whole lot more money. You want to worship musicians and celebrities? And God says, I'm just going to take what the enemy wanted to happen here, what people are believing. We'll just shut down all the arenas. We'll shut down all the stadiums. We're, we won't have any gatherings in bars and clubs. We won't have any of that anywhere. No comedians, no performances. There's places all across the United States you can't even have a choir because choirs spit. They should watch some of those southern pastors because... <laughs> if you want to worship actors, I'm going to shut down all... all the movie studios. I'm going to shut down all the movie sets. I'm going to shut down all the theaters. I'm going to shut down all the premieres, not only here, but around the world. You want to worship money? I'll shut down the whole economy. I'll collapse all the gains. I'll, I'll take away the stock market. You know, where are we putting our trust? Whoever thought that a sickness would come and people would hoard toilet paper. I mean, we're laughing about it today, but I'm going to tell you, three months ago, people were in total anxiety, like, I got to find a roll of toilet paper. My friend that was here last week, this truck driver, he was driving semi-loads of just toilet paper. Nothing else in the whole truck but toilet paper. He didn't like it. He said there was no weight on his truck, and in the wind it would move his truck because he's used to having a couple pallets of toilet paper and all that canned goods and all that stuff. I'm just speaking the truth is that we can sit here and laugh about those things, but you know what? Two and a half months ago, nobody was laughing about it. Everything you saw is, I was at King Supers and they had two pallets. I was at Walmart. I was at Costco. You can go here to the dollar store. They're allowing three rolls each. You can go on Amazon. It's only $2.50 a roll. John's selling it now for $0.50, cents, $2 loss. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> 
God is saying, if you don't want to go to church and worship me, I'll just make it so you can't go to church. Before you didn't have time, but how about if I just make it so you can't go to church? And you know the thing you found is, people that didn't attend church all the time, when the churches were shut down, so many of them were up in arms. So many people were upset. You can't shut down the church. Why? Because when things went bad, they had to have a place to run until things got better. Isn't that all true? Folks, we got we to gotta start looking at what's important in our lives. We got to start looking at what are we focusing on? We, we got to take a step back and say, what really truly is important in our life? I can't tell you how many people, even just in our neighborhood, have a radical different view on life since February. Things that were important in, in the beginning of February are not important today. You know, I, we're hearing all these people, and I hear people all the time, people are so excited now they get to work from home. Is that not true? I mean, I bet you every single person sitting in here knows somebody that's absolutely excited they get to work from home. But you know what? When we work from home, our whole presence is taken out of the workplace and taken just to a TV screen. We no longer can be there to be the carriers of the presence. We, we need to understand is sometimes and most of the time, we don't even have to speak a word. We just have to be there. And when we walk in the room, the atmosphere changes. But if we're just doing that from home, if we're just doing that sitting on our computer screen, if we're just doing that shoveling documents and spreadsheets, and entering in information, we're no longer, we don't have that same impact. We're no longer brushing shoulders. We're no longer being a part of the community. Ingrid shared with me a picture that she got this morning of salt water. And you know what? If you put salt in the bottom of the water, because we're called to be the salt of the earth, but if you put salt in the bottom of the water and you just leave it, guess what? The salt all stays at the bottom and the water and a little bit of it goes out. But you know what? When you stir it, what happens? All the water becomes salty. And you know what? The enemy wants to divide us and he wants to separate us and he wants to, he wants to keep the salt out of the earth, and he doesn't care that the salt exists, and he doesn't care if we're at the bottom. What he cares about is when we're intermingled and we become all one. Because once you put the salt in the water, it's almost impossible to get it all back out. It takes a long process. It's very easy to add the salt to the water. It's very hard to get the salt out of the water. God's calling us to be the salt of the earth. God is calling us to step out and change 
the atmosphere we live in, the physical homes we live in, the neighborhoods we live in, the workplace we're at. And I'm not saying you can't do that from working from home, but I got to tell you, you have a lot more impact just walking through the door at work. And if you work in retail, the beautiful thing is God just brings the people right in your path. If you work in the food industry, he just brings people in your path. If you work in the service industry, he just brings people in your path. You don't even have to go anywhere. The people come to you. I know Marissa's a hostess at a restaurant, and she's going, I wish I could serve this week instead of being a hostess. And Christy was telling her, the great part about the hostess is she was saying that when people come to the table, I get a chance to really minister to them and, and really have God speak to me as I'm at their tables. But when I'm at a hostess, I don't get that. And Christy pointed out to her, no, but you get to see every single person that comes through the door and the waitress that's at the table only gets to see the tables assigned to that person. And I'm not saying neither one's bad, but it's really a promotion to be able to see everybody if God's giving you stuff for people when they're coming in. We need to take a look at what's going on in the world and we need to quit looking at all the catastrophes and we need to start looking at what is God doing. A few weeks back, uh, Andrew Walmack had sent out a letter to pastors, and uh, he'd hired a big law firm, and he just said, he just wrote a letter to the, the governor and just basically said, we've gone along with this voluntarily all this time, but on, on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to open because we've been doing this voluntarily. It's a violation of our rights. And what he did is he had churches that wanted to be a part of that. You could sign up. And uh, then the law firm he has was just kind of going to be a blanket thing for everybody. And there was like 580 some churches that signed up. And then they sent a letter to the governor just saying, here's some facts. Here's some case law. Here's where we stand together in unity. And, and here's where we're going. And I don't, I honestly don't have any statistics, but I, I really believe probably at least 80% of those churches opened up. Most of them weren't open at all. But this last week, he had a conference there and had a thousand people. And then the governor just said, okay, you violated this, we're going to shut you down now. You know what? People today are willing to stand up for rights that they weren't willing to stand up for in January, that they weren't willing to stand up for on February 15th. People are willing to, to stand up and go, hey, something's wrong here. Where before we used to just let stuff go by. And you know what? When we're willing to stand up for those things, how much more should we be standing up for Christ in other people's lives? How many of us know somebody that needs a breakthrough in their life, that needs 
a financial breakthrough, that needs a healing, that needs a deliverance, that needs a new job, that, that needs a healing in their marriage, a healing in their relationship with their children. Every single one of us have people like that in our lives. But are we willing to stand up and make a difference? Are we willing to stand up and be the ones that literally drive the stake in the ground and say, you know what? It's going to end today. In the story we began with, Moses went before Pharaoh multiple times and said, God says, let my people go. You know what? Through this whole thing, I honestly believe God is screaming from the throne of heaven, let my people go. And he's using what the enemy meant for evil, that there's people I know today that their kids aren't going to go back to full-time sports. And I'm not against sports, I'm not against any of that, but some people, that's their whole entire life. I have relatives, their kids play like six different sports all at a really high level and they spend tens of thousands of dollars a year and every single month they're doing something constantly, two, three times a week. It becomes a whole life. And so I'm talking about things that are just taken to excess. God is calling for us for him, he's saying, let my people go. In the Old Testament, God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Out of Second Chronicles 7. I would say most of us know that scripture. But the reality is, are we believing that scripture? The reality is, are we spending all our time complaining about what governments are doing and complaining about what this party's doing and that party's doing, what this party's not doing, what that party's not doing? Are we complaining about, are we looking at how the glass is half empty or are we just realizing that we... Those sitting in this room, it says, if we are called by his name and we humble ourselves and we pray, God's going to hear us from heaven. And the beautiful thing is, he's going to forgive our sins, but it also says he's going to heal our land. And you know what? Not everybody has to be on board with that. And all we have to do is look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Abram's talking to God. Hey, if this many will do it? Oh, so you're on board with that. How about if only this many? Well, okay, you're on board with that. How about if only this many? And you know what? It doesn't take hardly any. And the, the reality in life is probably those sitting in this room, just for the communities you live in, those just sitting in this room probably equal greater than the number percentage-wise than what Abram asked God for in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
if we'll just step up, if we'll just make a difference, if we'll just humble ourselves and pray and ask God for that guidance, He's going to meet us. And what does it say He's going to do? He's going to heal our land. And I'm not just talking making our crops and making our grass and making our flowers grow. He's going to heal our land. He's going to bring back a moral compass. He's going to bring back His will and His way, and we're going to see people set free. We need to take time during this isolation. We need to take time from all the distractions of the world. And you know what? Instead of spending all of our time crying out for God, bring revival. God, send, you know, send a Savior. I mean, we're no different than New Testament times. <laughs> send the Messiah so he can come and overthrow this corrupt government around the world. So he can overthrow the one world government. So he can overthrow the Democrats or the Republicans or whoever it might be. You know what? He didn't do it then and he's not going to do it now. We're barking up the wrong tree. You understand that? That, that we're, we're, it's no different than before. And what we need to have is stop asking God for revival and start asking God that we would have a personal revival. Go, I? Because then we are called to be revival. Revival isn't an event. Revival is within us. We don't need a worldwide revival. What we need is a worldwide reformation. We need a, a reformation where people are looking at God and what He's doing, where they're focused on God, not on individuals. And that only happens when we let revival start within us. That only happens when we give God permission to come in and to move and to change the things that are going on around us. We need to keep the focus the focus. The focus isn't how much toilet paper you have. It isn't how much freedom you have. It isn't what kind of job you have. The, the only thing in the world that really matters is Jesus. And you know what? When we keep the main thing the main thing, everything else works out. When we keep it focused and Jesus is the main thing in our life, everything else is going to work out. Everything else is going to change around us. Why? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. I want you to remember in the Old Testament, wherever they took the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the presence of God was, wherever the Ark went, things changed. Isn't that true? Even when it was taken for evil purposes and stored, the people where it was at were blessed. Explain that to me. <laughs> Why? Because it isn't about the person, it's about God. And where the presence of the God is, crops grow more. 
Why? Because the presence of the creator of the universe is there. And it, he isn't saying, I'm only going to grow this crop for the righteous, but the, everybody else's crop is going to die. That isn't what happened. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, things changed. Now, those who violated God's law and touched it died. <laughs> whether it was to save the ark from falling off the cart, whether, whatever it was. They should have learned it was never meant to be carried on a cart. But the fact remains, wherever the presence of God was, things changed. You know what? When we have the Holy Spirit within us, guess what? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple. We have the presence of God. And wherever we go, He goes with us. We can all sit here and shake our heads, but how about when we walk out the door and we're living in fear? How about when we walk out the door? Christ in me, the big C, is bigger than corona, the small C. Christ in me, the big C, is bigger than cancer, the small C. And I'm not saying go out and be stupid, but I am saying is listen to God. Jesus went and did everything against the world standards. He did everything against the religious standards. He went and stepped out of the box. He touched lepers. And when he touched a leper, like in, in the Old Testament, when you touched a leper, you got leprosy. In the New Testament, when they touched a leper, the leper got what you had. And they got healed. They got set free. Why? Because we're the carriers. Christ in us is the hope of glory. One thing that I've heard very little bit, very tiny bit about, and I want you to understand what I'm saying, but we spend a lot of time in Asia, and this year we haven't been able to go then the last year we weren't able to go because of things. We spent a lot of time in Asia. And you know what? I'm not against anything or anybody. But you know what? Today, slavery is rampant. And we heard people talking about slavery from hundreds of years ago. But I'm going to tell you, slavery is rampant today. In the whole world. There's a place right there out of Thailand where we cross over into Burma and there's an outdoor market. And when you cross over into Burma, they have nothing Western. There's no McDonald's. They only have Coca-Cola if it's been smuggled in. They don't have anything Western at all. No Western businesses. They don't have indoor supermarkets. Everything's out in the open market. There's a market right there that... Every Tuesday and Thursday, there's a lady that comes in a little van and she buys children. From infants to teenagers. And it's about $20, $25. 
depending on the exchange rate. And you know what? Two times a week, they fill her van. People are lined up. And those kids cross the border, a five-minute ride, and they're immediately put into a brothel. I'm talking infants to teenagers, boys, girls, it makes no difference. Literally, within less than an hour, they're put into service. How come we don't hear about that kind of slavery? How come we don't hear about what's going on here in Colorado? How come we don't hear about... See, it's all smoke and mirrors. We need to pay attention to what's really going on in the world. I don't think that we realize, even right here in Colorado, how many foreigners are here that are working in people's houses and business that have taken their passports and that are just holding them hostage. You know what is happening today? It's happening right here. I guarantee you it's happening right here in Boulder County. It's happening in Weld County. It's happening in Jefferson County. It's happening all over. The thing is, when you're in Asia, you can actually just see it transpire right before your very eyes. It's done right out in the open. It's done right out in the market. It's widely accepted. The police are a part. The current slavery problem comes in all skin colors. It comes in in all economic range. It comes all the way across the board. But no one's out protesting that. It's microscopic. You know what? The enemy wants us to stay at home. He wants us to focus on what's going on around us. He wants to focus on our hardships. He wants to focus on our freedoms that are being taken away. You know what? He who the Lord sets free is free indeed. When Jesus sets you free, you can choose to go back. We were praying for Nick today. Nick could choose to go back to bondage of drugs and alcohol and everything he was in, or he could choose to just keep walking where he's at. It's a choice. It's not something we're in. And you know what? It's the same for each and every one of us. We can choose to live in fear. We can choose to live in what the enemy is portraying before us. We can choose to live in the lies, or we can choose to live in freedom. And it's a personal choice for each and every one of us. We can choose to protest and we can choose to protest against the protesters. Or we can choose to make a change. You know, the sad part is It's easy sometimes just to say stuff and walk in stuff when it doesn't impact you. When it doesn't have a direct impact on you, it makes a whole lot of difference. You know what? 
if you go and you pray for somebody that has cancer, you can go in there with full faith knowing that God's going to heal them. But you know what? When you're praying for your own child that has cancer, when you're praying for your parent that has cancer, when you're praying for your relative that has cancer, guess what? All the tables change. But where do the tables really change? If God can hear the person that walks in the door, and you can say, oh, you have cancer, no big deal. It's all in our mind. It's, it's, it's 100% in our mind. It's 100% in what we believe. He says that we pray things believing See, we've got to believe we can't have that doubt. We can't open the door. We need to be believing what God is saying. And we need to have the same belief for those that are close to us as we do for those that are out. And we can't be believing with our eyes. You know, Bill Johnson's son is deaf, and yet he's prayed for these people all over the world that have received their hearing. They have Heidi Baker there all the time. Everybody Heidi prays for in Mozambique when they go out and do these things, people that were born deaf all of a sudden can hear. Heidi's in their church all the time and she's prayed. And the crazy part is he himself has prayed for people that had their ears open with the same exact thing he has. Now, do we give up? Do we throw our hands up and say, whoa, God, you won't do this for me, but you're doing it for everybody else. I'm telling you, it's so much harder when it's somebody close to us. It's so much harder when it's us. But how much sweeter is the victory when you pray for somebody? I have to wear reading glasses, and I've prayed for people that have worn glasses their whole entire life that now have 20-20 vision, and one lady was already in her 60s, and all of a sudden had worn glasses since she was four couldn't read, and all of a sudden got 20-20 vision. Now, I can choose to get upset with God and say, how come you won't do that for me? How come I have to wear hearing aids but other people can hear? See, it's all a mindset. It's all a choice. How many know that when you're on the front lines, you get attacked a lot more? And it isn't that you get attacked a lot more, I gotta tell you. Everybody says that. Well, when you're on the front lines, you get attacked a lot more. Everybody was saying yes. You know what? The reality is, is when you're on the front lines, you're not in the trenches, you're up there getting shot at. When you're on the front lines, you're confronting the enemy and you're not waiting for the enemy to come to you. You're actually going to the enemy and saying, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. And you know what? When you get in the heat of the battle, it isn't that the enemy comes at you stronger, it's that you're running right into his machine gun fire. You're running through his claymore mines. You're facing off with his artillery and his tanks and his helicopters and his jets. And you're running out there with a six-shot rifle and you're taking on armament. 
But just think about it. God told Joshua, you don't need any swords. It doesn't matter how big the wall is. God gave him a strategy, and guess what? The walls came down. And all those that were brave on the other side of the wall, and all those that were up there jeering, and all those that were relishing in the moment they were going to destroy those Israelites, when they took the cover off and they let the light shine and they screamed, what happened? Everything those other people inside the wall had counted on was immediately gone. And it doesn't say God wiped them all out. And I bet you a lot of them became believers. And even if they didn't become Jewish, they always said, don't mess with the God of Israel. They had a respect. They had an understanding. So with that in mind, nobody knew I was going to do this. Especially Mr. Lane. Where you at, Lane? There he is. Come here, sir. I looked on the calendar. Today was official pick on bald guy days. We're going to prove God, and we're going to prove his word. So how many know that Lane is definitely out in the front most of the time? And I don't even know how he does it. Sometimes, you know, he's like out in the front. I'm out there, is what you say? Yeah, sometimes a few years out there. Those prophetic people, they're like, I don't know. I think they go to the observatory where you're looking at the stars and they say, let's see what happens if we put it at this level instead of this level. <laughs> They're looking and you're going, oh, that's 2,000 years from now, but... <laughs> I'm just saying is that's out front. And his daughter is going through a battle. It's a life-shattering battle for the whole family. To be honest, nobody knows what the heck's going on. No experts anywhere, nothing from any side of the medical spectrum has any idea. Or they all say they have ideas, but... They're all just expensive theories. So what I want to do is, right here, starting today, we're going to test this theory. You know, God says sometimes, you know, we need to test him and see if he's good. And so we're going to test this theory. And I'm going to ask everybody here, everybody that's watching online, for this next week, every time you think about it, Morning, noon, or night, every time you get woke up in the well, all right, every time you get woke up in the middle of the night, so a lot of people when I say that are not going to be getting any sleep this week. Why? Because God's going to keep talking to you. When he talks to you, you're like, Yes, Lord? And he goes, Oh yeah, remember. I want you to pray for Nisha that 
breakthrough would come. You know what? I, the doctors don't have to understand. We don't need to pray for any of that. We're just going to pray that breakthrough will come. So if you don't want to commit to do that for one week, I just want you to raise your hand. Vernon has his pinkies up. He's been praying for a year already. I know. So stretch out your hands this way. Lord, we, we just agree today, Lord, that no weapon formed against Nisha shall prosper. Lord, we command freedom. We, we come together, Lord. We come together on this one thing. And we command freedom. We command your word. We command that by your stripes that Nisha is healed from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. We stand with Lane and Sheila right now, even as Sheila's crying right now watching at home. We stand right now and we command the enemy to take his hand off of her we command for a renewing of her mind, a new understanding that the glasses would be removed right now in Jesus' name. That the glasses would be removed and that the goodness of God, the very glory of God would just fill her room right now. And even though she can't tolerate bright light, Lord, that it would just pierce through every bit of darkness right now in Jesus' name.